Life of Sir Aglavale de Gallus Chapter 5 The next record of Aglavale begins with him lying low and very feeble, watching the boy Percival come and go. To fulfill his penance, he had so outgone his strength that his wounds, new and old, reopened and bled. Wherefore Durner had brought him to Severnside, and so by water to Cardiff, to lay him in the keeping of the Queen, their mother. With no word did she reproach him, nor did any. And soon he grew aware, by the simple reflections of Percival, that King Pellinore accorded to him living that one kindness he had besought after his death. Percival and his sister Sant whispered and played together within the bay of the window, while Aglavale rested his weary heart with dreams as he watched the boy. When trampling sounded below, the children leaned out their heads, and eagerly their tongues ran, till Percival bethought him and stole from the sunny bay to look if Aglavale slept. "'May I serve you, brother?' he asked. Aglavale answered, "'No,' and asked idly, "'Who entered below?' "'Sir Lamiel with his kin, and Sir Harvis,' said Percival. Again to more clatter he ran and looked out, and so the noise went on with little pause till Aglavale roused to call him. For what cause today did so many enter? Percival was troubled, and stood silent till Aglavale asked again. Alas, brother, I know little, and that I was bidden to keep from you. Aglavale turned his face to the wall, and so lay silent. Percival stood waiting a while, and then he asked timidly, Brother Sir Aglavale, are you now angry with me? No, fair child, said Aglavale. Percival withdrew softly. But he found no happiness with Sant, and often he looked, and in vain, for any sign from his brother. In came Durnor, and Aglavale shifted and eyed him, as with a moody countenance he paced up and down. Sir Durnor, are you bidden to keep me in the dark? I take no bidding, said Durnor stamped about and swore loud, while Percival and Sant nestled and peeped under cover of a curtain. And what goes forward? said Aglavale. Shame and wrong, stormed Durnor. I take no keep, but you shall know. Aglavale, your birthright goes from you. And hard he breathed the blow. To Lamarack or to Tor? he asked. To Lamarack? We may thank our mother for that. I 
dreaded it might be to the bastard. I would deem it less unkindness in a half-brother. Now fee on Lamorak. Though he and Tor also have worship above you, yet are you the firstborn of King Pelinor's queen and his right heir. And as for the past, that has been paid for. Aglavale lay quiet, while Durnor swore himself hoarse. Then he reached to his sword. I require you, Durnor, to help me to my harness. What would you do, brother? Take no thought. I would have on my harness. I will well, said Durnor, and went with great strides. He himself was in full harness when he came again with bros, bearing all pieces to arm his brother. I will stand with you, Sir Aglavale, in word and deed, whatsoever you say and do. Aglavale looked at him hard, biting his lip. I shall be glad. See you fail not. Ah, oh, my master, said Brose, you have not strength for the weight. For but little, this wound would again break. Yet Aglavale stood up, lean and weak, and bade him brace on quickly. Percival came asking to serve. Brose let him take the spurs to fasten on. But Aglavale jerked and said, I shall not need these. More kindly, he answered to the boy's timid offer, Yea, little brother, carry my helm for me, if you will. I want it not now. Brose looked at him then, startled to suspicion. But Durnor heard all heedlessly. Between them they had to lift him along, he was so weak and Percival followed after with the helm. So they all went down to the hall. Filled with armed knights was the hall. Between the king and queen stood Lamorak in arms complete. Tor was there also. Up the hall went a young knight bareheaded. Kneeling down before Lamorak, he advanced the hilt of his sword held between his two hands, and over them Lamorak laid his hands. Then the knight swore acknowledgment to Sir Lamorak as King Pellinore's heir, when he should rule in the king's stead his land and castle to hold under him, to serve him in war, to uphold his right against all soever. So he swore, and rose, and passed. Up the hall came Aglavale, leaning hard upon Durnor, and then alone he stood forward before King Pellinore and his queen and Lamorak. Much wonder had they, and little joy, to see him there. Sire, said Aglavale, you do me wrong, and so do all these who have acknowledged Sir Lamorak your heir, for none here present had right by birth or station to take precedence of me. Yet I promise you, I will be of the first to serve, 
though now I be of the last to pledge. With that, Aglavale ungirt his sword, kneeled down before Lamorak, and advanced the hilts held between his two hands. Lamorak started back dismayed, and refused to hold. "'Fair brother, rise!' he cried, and then he caught him strongly by the hands to lift him from his knees. "'Nay, but it will be so,' said King Pellinore. He grasped Lamorak by either wrist. The queen also put out a shaking hand to compel. Then Aglavale gave out his formal oath of acknowledgment. "'And now, Sir Lamorak, speak for me, "'that my father take his curse from me, "'and that my mother bless me.' "'He had all he asked, and more. "'Lamorak's embrace with his tears and kiss upon his cheek. "'Ah, Sir Aglavale!' cried Durnor. Falsely have you done to beguile me so. Yet he plucked off helmet and spurs, unbelted, and thumped to his knees, and offering his sword to Lamorak, he swore in order. I give you to know, he said, that I do this mogre my own will, and only for the sake of Sir Aglavale. And otherwise, for his sake, I had as lief present to you the blade as the hilts upon this occasion. He cannot stand or go, said Tor. He drew his brother's arm round his neck to hold him up, and as Lamorak came and lifted likewise on the other side, their eyes met in pitiful remembrance of their day on Humber's bank. Young Percival, at his distance, by Brose, watched all, wondering and without understanding, he was troubled. Close he followed when his brothers passed out, Tor and Lamorak linked to bear up Aglavale, Durnor at their heels. So graced and attended by all his brothers, Aglavale left the hall, spent and weary to death from forsaking his birthright. Together, they came to Aglavale's bed. Then Percival took hold of his sword, kneeled down, and lifted up his hands on the hilts to Aglavale. I swear I will keep naught from you more. I swear your will will be mine. Brother Sir Aglavale, I swear I love you. The boy ended with a storm of tears and the disinherited man bowed down his head to his young brother, while sobs drew him so fiercely that soon he swooned for pain. "'So as I said,' muttered Brose, and pointed to fresh bloodstains. Lamorak looked on, aware that the man eyed him with ill will. Then he heard Aglavale breathe his name as he came to himself, and he was vanquished to contrition. Fair brother, he said, could God and you both pardon me, that once my heart was too bitter, now might I serve you. 
think you, said Derner. Does Maker God despise him as did you? Or would he mix scores as did King Arthur? None heeded him. So he turned and roamed the chamber, making language to himself. Lamorak, untouched by scoffs, but greatly abashed by Aglavale's open love, kneeled down beside him, and when he had prayed, all in diffidence, softly, he searched and dressed the renewed wound. "'You are bought at a price, Sir Lamorak,' cried Durnor. Notes for Chapter 5 Your birthright goes from you. Sir Tor, which was King Pellinore's first son, and Sir Aglavale was his next son, Sir Lamorak, Durnor, Percival, these were his sons too. Book 10, Chapter 23 of Le Mort d'Arthur Sir, you shall understand my name is Sir Lamorak de Gallis, son and heir unto the good knight and king, King Pellinore. And Sir Tor, the good knight, is my half-brother. Book 10, Chapter 19 End of Chapter 5 of The Life of Sir Aglavale de Gallis by Clemens Hausman